empowerment for our salvation. Could we all repeat after me? Grace. Grace. God's empowerment for our salvation. Hallelujah. And we have already uh, read the um, responsive scripture reading and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 to 16 is part of our foundational scripture. Hallelujah. And so let's look at the word of God in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. It says, for it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ. It is by grace you are drawn to Christ. It is by grace we have accepted Christ as our Savior. If you are here and you haven't taken that important uh, uh, decision, that by the end of this sermon, you will make that decision and know that God has forgiven you of your sins and he has made a way for you to be restored on him for peace and for your salvation and for eternal blessings. It says that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life. Eternal life represents life here on after, when you die, when you pass away from this earth, where you're gonna end up? Where is your soul gonna be? It says, by grace through Christ, we that have come to God through Christ, we have found that eternal life. And through faith. So by grace are we saved unto God through Christ <coughs> by faith. And this salvation is not of yourself. Not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. So our salvation don't come by our good works. Our salvation come by the grace of God, God's unmerited favor and mercy. Let us all repeat it. God's unmerited favor and mercy. One more time. God's unmerited favor and mercy. Grace means God's unmerited favor and mercy. Grace means God's righteousness at Christ's expense. The word grace as is spelled out, the G stands for God and the R stands for righteousness and the A and the C Christ's expense. So we receive grace by Jesus going on the cross to die to shed his blood to save us from our sins. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. It says, for he chose us. Yes, Ephesians 1 4. For he chose us in Christ. Actually selected us for himself as his own. He chose you and I. He selected us for himself, you and I, before the foundations of this world. Before the foundations, before you were born, before your parents were born, before generations ahead of your family line was in existence, God had already made plans. 
God had already made a way for us to be his. Hallelujah. Before the foundations of the world, so that we will be holy, that is consecrated, set apart for him, and purpose-driven, and blameless in his sight in love. Walk in holiness and being blameless from sin comes from grace. Because God has to give us his righteousness through the work of Christ on the cross. It says, your righteousness is as fill, is like fuel to rags. We cannot please God with our own righteousness. We can't be right enough to please God. That is what the word of God is saying. That it is only through the blood of Jesus that we stand elect as God's elect. We are predestined to be God's children, even before the foundations of the earth. I am God's elect. Repeat after me. I am God's elect. God elected us before the creation of the world. That is what Ephesians 1 4 is saying. God chose us for holiness and blameless from sin. And how do we stand blameless for sin? Because Christ has done the work on the cross. Christ has shed his blood for us. So through that, we could ask for forgiveness. We could come to the Father, the Father forgive me, for I have sinned against you. And God will forgive us because God will look at the blood of Jesus and forgive us of our sin. Because how does sin come into this world? Sin came into this world through Adam and Eve. We all know that. Sin came into this world through Adam and Eve for disobeying God. And we all know who led them to sin. That Satan was already on this earth. Before God created Adam and Eve, before we came to this world, the enemy and his demons were already here. Satan and his demons were already here on earth before the first man and woman was created. But God said in his way he first loved us before we loved him. He first loved us before we loved him. And we are here today in God by his grace and by his love. Because what? He predestined and adopted us as children of his. And for us to join the family of God before the foundations of this earth. God had already made plans before we were created. Before our parents took seed and we came out nine months after that. God has already made plans that if we come to him for salvation, the blood of Jesus will give us the grace for us to become sons of him and daughters of him. Why? Because God said in his way, for all have sinned, 
and falling short of the glory of the Lord. What does that mean? It means even before you came out of your womb, you, um, 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 Psalm 51, there is a, a even, a, 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 let's look at Psalm 51. Can you put it up? Psalm 51, it says, before I, I came out of a womb that was filled with sin. So even before you came, you already have sin over you. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. But through Christ, we receive forgiveness and are adopted to God's family in Jesus. For God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten son. We are, this um, scripture is very familiar. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he what gave, he gave what was precious unto him. The one thing that God cherished so much, the one thing that God loved so much than anything was his son Jesus Christ. But because of you and I to be part of what God's plan is for us, Jesus was sent to die for our sins. And out of that, our sins are forgiven and we are restored to Christ. Hallelujah. It says so that anyone that believes in the name of Jesus Christ, if today you make a decision that Jesus fill my heart and be my Lord and personal Savior, right then and then and mean that prayer. You mean it from the bottom of your heart. The Spirit of God will apply salvation to your heart. Hallelujah. Eternity, so if we, our salvation is not just good life here on earth, but also eternal life for it is appointed for man to die. But there is what? Judgment after death. After death from here, life is not over. From here, then there is the decision where your soul goes. Where is your soul going to be? From here, when you die from here, it's a matter of concern that we are to address with Christ here now and onwards after death. Beloved, this provision gave the world the second Adam. This provision gave the world the second Adam. Why? Because the first Adam failed. Adam sinned, disobeyed God, and was disconnected from God. The word of the Lord says, do not eat of this fruit, for the day that you eat of it, you shall die. But the question is, did they die physically? Because they did not. We all know that Adam lived to be 900 and some years, plus a year. And Peter said, in the sight of the Lord, a year is a thousand, and a thousand is a year. So we realize that Adam lived a 900 years or so, minus being a thousand. But then, after they disobeyed God, we saw that they were disconnected from the glory of God. That was death. When you can't hear 
God speak to you when you can't feel the presence of God. That's why David, when he said in Psalm 51, he said, whatever you do, Lord, do not take your spirit away from me. Whatever you do to me, Lord, do not take your spirit away from me. So they were disconnected. That was death from the glory of the Lord. And they were kicked out of the presence of God that they could experience. God spoke to this couple one-on-one. They had the voice of God. When God appeared after the sin, so where are you guys at? said, oh, we saw that we were naked and we had to cover our nakedness. But guess what God did? Symbolic of the work of Christ. God killed the sheep. Blood was shed for the forgiveness of your sin and covered them with the skin of Elam. Hallelujah. The sacrificial death of Christ in the Garden of Eden for the first time. Blood was shed, symbolic of the work of Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. And so the lamb was slain to, for, to, for them to, for, for, to receive forgiveness of their sin. Hallelujah. So through Christ, we are restored back to God. Through the death of Christ on the cross, and he shall blood, we found mercy with the Father. Why? Because Jesus paid the debt of our sins. Jesus' death on the cross paid the debt of our sins, which was death. For the word of the Lord says, the wages of sin is death. Either death spiritually or death physically. The wages of sin is death. So Christ coming and his death on the cross save us and pay our debt. The debt that we all got for our sins. Christ that paid it. Because what? He was the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of this earth. To atone of our sins, sacrificial, substitutionary atonement. Sacrificial substitutional atonement for an innocent animal standing in to die for the sins of the guilty, who is you and I. That was the arrangement in the beginning. In the beginning, the sins of man was taken away, and we received forgiveness by sacrificing. An innocent animal. When the sheep for sacrifice was presented to the priest, as Hebrews chapter 10 said, the priest back in the day stood in front of the altar offering. That's all the priest did. They, they brought the lamb and they slaughtered it and they offered the blood to Christ, to God for their sins. Sheep slaughtered. Blood offered to God for their sin. Sheep, slaughtered, blood offered to God. So that's all the priest did. The priest did not preach. The priest did not proclaim the word of God. The, all they did was to stand and offer blood sacrifice to God. But the blood of these animals did not take away sin completely. It was a temporary 
arrangement. It was a temporary arrangement. Your sins were forgiven temporary, but you carried the guilt around. The blood of sheep and bulls could not take away sin completely because the guilt was still with you. Beloved, grace is God's unmerited mercy because what? We did not deserve it. God freely gave to those who believe in the Son. We did not deserve it, but God gave freely to us those who believe in the Son who is Christ. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. It says, since all have sinned and continually fallen short of the glory of God and are being justified, declared free of the guilt of sin, see, made acceptable to God. So this is what the blood of sheep, bulls, and goats could not do. Mm -hmm. It could not declare us free from the guilt of our sin and made acceptable to God and granted eternal life as a gift by his precious undeserved grace through the redemption, the payment for our sin which is provided in Christ Jesus. So we are justified. We that have come to Christ are in right standing with God because what? Through the unmerited favor of God, our sins have been forgiven and we have found legal freedom from our sins. And the blood of Jesus cancels the sentence of our guilt. When you come to Christ for salvation, his blood sets you free and cancels the sentence of your guilt. As I said, animal blood could not take away your guilt. You were walking around still feeling guilty about the sins that you have committed. Beloved, grace is free and not the work of man. Faith is the mechanism through which salvation is applied to our life. Faith is that for you are what saved through by grace through faith. So what is the work that faith plays in our salvation? Faith, trusting and believing in God, is the mechanism through which salvation is applied to our life. Faith is the mechanism, the, 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 the medium through which salvation, salvation is applied to our life. So, Meaning, when you say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins and come into my life, you have to have faith that whatever Jesus did on the cross and whatever was said in John 3, 16, you trust and you believe God for it. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son that whosoever love him or what uh, whosoever uh, believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life so you believe that you have to believe that when you uh, ask God to 
uh, shave you. You have to believe that. And that is the work of faith. Beloved, if we are to be successful with our work with Christ, to obtain grace this year, grace, God's empowerment, God's empowerment, God's ability to do the things that in our own strength and, and energy we cannot do. If we are to work with Christ and obtain that grace, then we are to practice what Jesus asked us to do through the word of God. So for us to obtain grace, we are to practice, we are to put in practice what the word of God is saying. To be victorious. Amen. To obtain grace. Obey the word of God. Because even sin came what? Through disobedience to the word of God. God said don't do it. But what? The enemy came and tricked them. But they forgot the word of God. That what God has said. And so God now have to restore what his promises were. For, the, for us. So it's okay. Then I'm going to send Christ as the second Adam to come and complete what the first Adam could not do. To come and restore. So Christ came as what? The second Adam to restore what the first Adam failed to do. Hallelujah. Let's give God all the glory. Let's look at the word of God in Luke chapter 6 verse 46 to 49. Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49. What it means by obeying the word of God. What it means by if we're going to achieve grace, we are to obey the word of God. What does that mean? Jesus said, why do you call me? Why do you call me? Lord, 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 I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I'm yours. Whatever we, you know, say. And do not practice what I tell you. Mm. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not practice what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and listens to my words and obeys them. So it's one thing hearing, but it's the other allowing the word to sink in your heart. You can only obey the word of God when it's in your heart. Right. Hallelujah. You can only obey and practice the word of God when it's in your heart, when you hear it in your mind, and you let your heart take over. It is possible. It is possible that after you memorize, but the more you receive the word of God, you make the effort that your heart begins to work on that way. It says, everyone who comes to me and listens to my words, and obeys them, I will show you whom he is like. If you listen to my word and obey it, I will show you who you are like. Let's look at 48. He is like a far-sighted, practical, and sensible man. A far-sighted. Someone with a vision. Someone with a vision. Someone who puts into practice the word of God. A sensible man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent, which means the storm, burst against the house and yet could not shake it because it had been securely 
build and found it on the rock. The rock signifies who? Christ Jesus. He said that man had built a house that is stronger because its foundation is resting on the rock. The man built his house on the rock, which is the word of God. It says, and the word, what? Became flesh. The word was Jesus. The word was with God. Hallelujah. So if we build our, our life, the foundation of our life is based on the word of God. When the storms comes, when the trouble comes, when the trials comes, when the challenges comes, when the struggles come, when the financial crisis come, when we have nowhere for our means to be made, we shall not be washed away by that storm. We shall be strong knowing that God is what? With us always. But if you have nowhere in you, let's look at what happened. But the one who has merely Head and has not practiced what I say. It's like a foolish man who built a house on the ground without any foundation. And the torrent burst against it and it immediately collapsed. And the rain of the house was great. The house collapsed and fell into pieces. Hallelujah. If we obey the word of God, we're building our lives and every part of our life on a solid rock, solid foundation. And when the storms come, our life will still be standing. Through it all, through it all, we are here. Hallelujah. And then you will come out victorious and say, through it all, I'm here. Amen. Give God all the glory. He said, but let's look at Romans chapter 6 says, we are not to sin. We are not to keep on sinning because grace abounds. We are not to say, oh, because Christ died for me and I have received this unmerited mercy and favor from God, so I'm not going to even try to hold myself back a little bit. But when the, the sin, I won't go even look for the sin. Not even the sin coming to me, but I myself will go looking for the sin. Hallelujah. We are not to share that. We are not to abuse grace. But we are to count ourselves. We are to always see ourselves dead to Christ. Because that is what Christ did. He came, he died, and he died with our sins. When he resurrected from death, he rose up with us to give us life. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 8 to 14, I believe. It is a long uh, a scripture, but I want to cut it short because time is uh, not on our side. It says that if we have died with Christ, we believe that we'll also live together with him. Because we know the self-evident truth that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. That no longer has power over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin, ending his power and paying the sinner's death once and for all. The life that he lives, he lived through the glory God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourself what? To be dead. 
to sin. Consider yourself to be dead to sin. And your relationship to him, a relationship to it broken. You are, you, are, you are dead to sin and your relation to sin is broken. But alive in God, in unbroken fellowship with him in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lash and passions. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Make an effort and see yourself as a death person to sin. Do not go on offering members of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer yourself to God in a decisive act, in a you have to make the effort act as those alive raised. What happened? As those alive raised from the dead to a new life. And your members, all of your abilities, sanctified, set apart as instruments of righteousness yielded to God. For sin will no longer be a master over you, since you are not under law and slaves, but under the what? Unmerited grace as recipients of God's favor and mercy. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, also repeats that uh, Paul has said, For all who depend on the law, seeking justification and salvation by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals are under a curse, for it is written, curse condemned to destruction is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law so as to practice it. Because the Ten Commandments, when you broke one, you have broken all the ten. There was no mercy there. When you broke the first commandment, you have broken all the ten. So it was like we are bound and we could not overcome sin because of flesh. So it was like we are cursed with the Ten Commandments, with the law. But God had already made a provision through Christ that we find grace, grace to give us the ability, the power to overcome sin. Grace, the power to obey the Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. We find grace through Jesus Christ to receive the ability, the power to be able to obey the Ten Commandments. Because what the Ten Commandments could not do was to overcome sin and remove its penalty. The wages of sin is death. So the Ten Commandments could not do that. It could not overcome sin in our mortal bodies and remove its penalty. Because what? The power of the Ten Commandments was what? Weakened by our flesh. We had no power to overcome sin. Because what? We were man without the nature of the Holy Spirit. Through the Ten Commandments, we were man without the nature of the Holy Spirit. But God performed that assignment, releasing His Spirit in us through the grace of God so that we have the ability, the grace to obey the Ten Commandments. Because what grace gave us the power to overcome sin. And how was it achieved? 
God sent his only son, his only begotten son, God sent Christ in the likeness of sinful man. God sent Christ in the likeness of sinful man as an offering. So that's why he went on the cross as man. He was 100% man and 100% God. But when he went on the cross, he assumed his man nature. He assumed all the 100% of his man nature and he was offered as a sacrifice for our sin. So that's why he was praying, God take away this cup. Because he was going in his nature as man to give us the ability to overcome the power of sin. In, in Jesus' flesh, he overcame and condemned sin and subdued it. In Christ, God overcame sin, condemned sin, and subdued the power of sin. So that we that come to Christ and accept him as our Lord and personal Savior, we are not living by the flesh. We are not living by our worldly desires. So that the righteous and the just requirement of the Lord will be fulfilled. So in Christ, the righteousness and the the, the just requirement of the law is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Because we are not living in our flesh, but we are walking under grace, which is produced by the Spirit of God. We are walking under grace, which is produced by the Spirit of God. So what would it mean by living in the Spirit? Living in the Spirit is obeying the word of God. Living in spirit and not fulfilling the desires of your flesh that weakens us from being able to be powerful over sin is what? Working by the word of God. Beloved, living in the spirit sets our minds and, 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 and our minds on God's will and purpose for our lives. When we live in the spirit, when we obey the word of God, our minds are set on God's will and purpose for our life. Beloved, the concept of grace serves us no good. If we do not understand what I'm saying and what I'm trying to communicate about grace, if we don't understand it, it is like someone gives us a gift of a Bentley. Someone gave us a gift of a Rolls Royce, but we don't know how to drive it. And it's parked in our garage. Hallelujah. Or someone gave you a gift of your, 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 your best car that you ever desire to drive, but you don't know how to drive it. And it's parked in your garage. Hallelujah. When we understand that, concept of this grace I'm, I'm talking about today, then we could what? Reap its benefits. We could obtain the, the ability that it produces. Beloved, and as we walk in grace 
of God this year, our needs will be met. As we work under the grace of God this year, our needs will be met. Why? Because we will experience the fruits of the Spirit. We will experience what? The fruits of the Spirit. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? When we work by the Spirit, we produce fruits that come by the ability of the Spirit and the grace. And those, let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22. It says, by the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is what? Love. Unselfish concern for others. Joy. Peace we deep within. Experiencing the peace of God within your heart and the bottom of your soul. Patience. Not for patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness. And in a nutshell over there, you see your waiting for God to bless you by your complaining. But, you know, that, that is what that means right there. We're waiting for God to bless us, but in our, in our act of patience, we are complaining. We are saying, oh God, you have forsaken me. Oh God, why, why is the blessing not here? And we're saying all kind of stuff. But here, patience and just trusting and believing in God. The ability to wait by how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Hallelujah. These are the fruits of the Spirit. Hallelujah. But we realize that in all we are the love. Love is the greatest. Love underlines our work with Christ. Because if God show us love, if we have come to him, then we are the one. Abide in God and receive the grace to also show others that same kind of love. We can receive love and not show that love. We can abide in God in Christ and profess we are children of, of God through Christ and not show love. Because what? The essence of God is love. When you say God, in other meaning, you are saying love. That's why we say what? God is love. God is love. So you and I come to God through Christ, then we have to demonstrate that love. We have to demonstrate that love. Hallelujah. Whoever love lives in God and God in them. The attributes of God is love. Because of, without love, faith is meaningless. Without love, faith is meaningless. Why? Because love is the means through which we, we, what, we apply faith. If you say you trust and believe in God, love is the vehicle, love is the car through which you demonstrate your trust and your belief in God in a nutshell. If you say you, you believe in God, then love is the vehicle, is the car, is the means through which you demonstrate your trust and your belief in God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
Verse 13. It says, And now there remain faith, abiding and trust in God and his promises. Hope, confident, expectation of eternal salvation. Love, unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, these three, faith, hope, and faith, love, and hope, the trust is grace, but the greatest of these is love. Love, faith, and hope. The greatest is love. And what is this love that we are talking about? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 to 8. It says, what, what does love do? Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud of what? Arrogant. Love and love it is not rude. Go to yeah, it, love is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive. And easily angered. When you fill with the love of God, you are not easily provoked or oversensitive and easily angered. When you are filled with love, the love of God should overpower this self nature. It does not take into account a wrong and dear. It does not take into account a wrong and dear. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all the things, regardless of what counts, believes all things, it bears all things, believes all things, looking for the best what? It, it best in each one. It, does, it bears all things, it believes all things. Looking for the best in each one. What what would that mean? What would that mean? How how are we gonna be able to apply that? Then no matter the weaknesses and the fault of each another as children of God, we seek for the best for each other. Amen. Hopes all things remaining set fast during what difficult times. When you are filled with the love of God, you remain strong, absolute, steadfast during what difficult times, and deals all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will what? Pass away. He said, but love will always be there. Why? Because Christ said, he has not left us or forsaken us. Why? Because he is what? The epitome of love in our midst. So prophecies will come to pass. God is going to bless you with a car. Yes, God is going to do it and you're going to receive the car. Now what else? Uh, what else? What, what comes up? What is next? Uh, God's, God's promises for you will come to pass. Yeah. Somebody promised you a gift will come to pass. 
and especially word of knowledge, you are going to take a wrong decision, but at the Lord speak through somebody and give you a good sound advice, and you prevented that bad decision. It will come to pass. Now what else? But love, the love of Christ will abide with us what? Always. Amen. Let's give God all the glory. Let us bless His holy name this afternoon. Father, we thank you and we give you all the glory for your word this morning. Let your word bless your people, those that are watching me on the, the broadcast. I commit you into the hands of the Lord. I ask that the power of the Holy Ghost release the love of God in your heart. God's Spirit show up the love of God in your heart. And as the word of the Lord says in a in a, a First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse forty-eight, I pray that God give you the grace, the ability, the enablement to sustain you through difficult, hard times and challenges. The power of the Holy Ghost grant you the grace. I speak grace. I speak favor over your life in every area of your life. Be blessed. 